0: Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network.
1: The
2: following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com.
0: Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley.
1: Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician trained in Britain, living in Canada, and who's worked in the U.S. Since retiring from medical practice, I've become an activist for family caregiving, which explains the name of the show, Family Caregivers Unite. Now, our topic today is family caregiving in the Muslim community. Now, I'm just gonna summarize some of the things I've heard from family caregivers in previous episodes of this show. Now, they are people who very often have felt unprepared for what they had to face in family caregiving. They weren't sure where to go for all the advice, all the help and all the support they needed. They found themselves doing things they really had no experience with and no training for. They faced burdens, burdens on their own health, their own work and their family's finances. So here's the question we're going to discuss today. How are these and other challenges handled in the Muslim community? Now, to discuss these matters and other questions as they relate to the Muslim community, I'm very happy to welcome two guests, Sheikh Allah and Dr. Ahmed El-Zoibi. Now, first of all, Sheikh Allah is the Director of Religious Affairs for the Islamic Centre of Canada. Prior to that, he was Executive Director for the Canadian Islamic Congress. He is tutor for al Qatar and Director of Internal and External Affairs for Mercy Mission World. During his youth in Egypt, he was goalie for the national Junior National Team. Then in the late 1970s, he moved to Canada, where he's been, among other things, Vice President of Business Development for an international company. He's a member of the Canadian Council of Imams, and of Horizon Interfaith Communication Media Council. Previously, he was an Imam for Muslim Council of Canada and also its media spokesperson. He's hosted Vision of Islam, a weekly television show in Alberta. He was a member of the Calgary Multi-Faith Committee and a member of the Muslim Christian Dialogue Committee. And in 2005, he received the Alberta Government Centennial Award for Outstanding Service to the Alberta community. Now, my second guest is Dr. Ahmed El-Zoibi, and he obtained his bachelor's degree in pharmacy in 1994 from Cairo University, obviously in Egypt. He then worked as a teaching assistant in the Department of Microbiology and Immunology at the Faculty of Pharmacy in Cairo, where he was also enrolled in graduate studies in microbiology. Then in 1997, he won a scholarship from the Canadian International Development Agency to complete a master's degree in microbiology at the Laval University in Quebec, Canada. Then, after obtaining his PhD, that's his uh, Doctor of Philosophy, in 2002, he moved to Toronto to work as a Postdoctoral scientist at the University of Toronto. He moved back to Cairo University to work as a faculty member in the Department of Microbiology and Immunology in the Faculty of Pharmacists from 2006 to 2008. And then in 2008, he moved back to Canada and completed his pharmacy license requirements. And he's now working as a licensed pharmacist practicing in Ontario. So, welcome to the show, Sheikh Alah and Dr. Ahmed.
3: Thank you for having us.
1: Good, good having you. Now, first of all, could I start with Sheikh Alar, please? Um, first of all, please, would you tell us what your title, Sheikh, signifies? And then, would you tell us some more about your career and your work as Director of Religious Affairs at the Islamic Center? Alar, please.
3: Gladly. Uh, the word shaykh in Arabic actually has uh, three meanings. One is being old, which is certainly, <laughs> and we're getting there. The uh, second is being rich, and uh, far from that. And the third is being an imam, which is really uh, means a leader. Uh, so that's basically what I am uh, as a title, as a leader of the uh, the Islamic society, a uh, person who actually leads prayers and leads them in spiritual activity and so on. Speaking of that, just a little bit of background, what I do as a director of religious affairs in the Islamic Center of Canada is I deal with uh, some of the things that we're actually talking about today, which is family issues, counseling, uh, i.e. divorce, marriage, also uh, birth, uh, death. Uh multi-faith committees, as you've mentioned, uh, also deal with um, some of the media uh, issues. Uh, we also perform the uh, ceremonies, um, all the uh, lectures, teachings, uh, courses, and uh, the prayers. So it's a pretty comprehensive uh, type of, a, of a hands-on uh, work uh, ethics that we deal with the director uh, of religious affairs.
1: Right. Ahmed? Please tell us more about your work as a pharmacist and how it brings you in contact with family caregivers in the community generally and the Muslim community in particular. Ahmed? Yeah, sure.
4: So as a community pharmacist, I often encounter situations where the person coming to the pharmacy to drop off a prescription, then to pick it up uh, later, to pick up the medication, is not uh, the patient himself, you know, but rather a family caregiver. Uh, And this is particularly true in case of elderly patients or patients with disabilities. So as a general standard of practice uh, in pharmacy, the pharmacist is required to provide counseling to the patients. Uh, on any new medication or in case of any dose change to his existing medication. Now, in case of an agent uh, picking up the medication on behalf of the, of the patient, this counseling on the medication could be directed towards that agent, and this is usually done after confirming the nature of relationship between the agent and the patient, of course, in order to respect the patient's confidentiality. Uh, according to the professional judgment of the pharmacist, uh, the pharmacist might decide uh, sometimes to call the patient for telephone counseling rather than speaking with the agent who came to pick up the medication, right? So in case of a family caregiver picking up the medication, counseling is almost always directed to that caregiver, right, because it's assumed that the caregiver knows everything about the patient's uh, medication. Some of those patients and caregivers whom I encounter during my practice belong to the Muslim community. Uh, so it could be a husband, could be a wife, a son, or a daughter
1: uh, or else. Right, right. Now we're going to come back to those things uh, later on in the the next uh, segment but I want to go back to Allah please your email, you know I just explained to our listeners that you and I communicated by email and at the bottom of an email you sent to me was, was this statement be kind to your parents and reach for the next of kin Allah does that speak to family caregivers in family caregiving in the in the Muslim community
3: uh, it does uh, speak to the community is, uh being good to your parents as a command of uh, God Almighty uh, is basically uh, the reason that uh, the scholars say that they're second reason for the second uh, reason of creation meaning God Almighty is the first uh, creator as we know and God Almighty used us as a cause uh, as a human beings to be the, the, the lineage uh, of the Adam and Eve, may peace be upon them. So it, it, it it uh, carries a big weight uh, for a Muslim to be uh, good to the parents, uh, and certainly, uh, if we talk about that topic, we'll take about one hour lecture and so on. And uh, reaching for the next of kin uh, for those for the family members uh, at large, and uh, it is sufficient for us that uh, we know that uh, the prophetic tradition says that those who reach for the next of kin, uh, that God Almighty will reach for them on Judgment Day, and those who cut off the next of kin, God Almighty will cut them off on on the, on, the, on Judgment Day.
1: So it's, in other words, it's an ethical principle, isn't it, that's being laid out here for family caregivers?
3: Absolutely. It's, it's the measure and stick for us, and it's, uh, it's the foundation that we, uh, uh, we carry on from.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ahmed, uh, just, please could you just outline your experience, if any, of family caregiving in your own extended family and among your friends?
4: Yeah, sure. So as Sheikh Allah beautifully explained, taking care of family members uh, during their sickness, uh, uh, among other uh, forms of caring for family members is a fundamental Islamic value. Uh, And getting sick is, unfortunately, an an inevitable fact of life, especially at later stages in life. Uh, And in my own family, there were, in fact, many instances, also in in some friends' families, where a family caregiver was the one taking care of a chronically sick person. Uh, In the Muslim Muslim community, this choice is always preferred over sending uh, the sick, person to a retirement home, for instance. Uh, The motivation for this choice is obviously natural emotional attachment to the sick relative, but it's also a fulfillment of the religious Islamic obligation of caring for the next of kin, as Sheikh Allah has explained it, especially if it's one of the parents, and more especially if it is the mother. Uh, Believe me, this task is not an easy one. Uh, It's often a full-time job. It needs lots of patience. As a chronically sick person is often quite sensitive, sometimes he's impatient. It also requires a great deal of training and education on the specific uh, medical requirements of the patients, uh, precautions, uh, medication usage, monitoring of some alarming symptoms, or as we call them in practice, red flags, and so on. It also needs, uh, from the caregiver, to be uh, meticulous and details, oriented in order to avoid medication errors, such as giving the patient the wrong medication or the wrong dosage or giving the medication at the wrong time and so on.
1: This is a heavy responsibility, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. And if I can just ask you, we're going to go into a break any moment, so this is just a quick question. But what about language issues? Do, do, you, do you find those um, creating problems, or are they things that are easily dealt with? What about that? Yeah, sometimes uh, in Canada,
4: language barrier can constitute uh, a definite uh, barrier and an obstacle to uh, healthcare, uh, either between a patient and a physician or between a patient and uh, a pharmacist. So, yeah, you're right. Sometimes uh, language can become an issue.
1: Right. Now, we're going to come back to these and other challenges because – it is time for us to take the short break. As, um, as you know, we have to, uh, so to speak, pay the rent. This is Dr. Gordon Athony and my guests are Sheikh Allah and Dr. Ahmed El-Zoibi. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. We will be back.
2: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You know I need
0: someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite.
1: Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our guests, Sheik Kalar and Dr. Ahmed El-Zoibi. Our topic is family caregiving in the Muslim community. So let's talk about the challenges of family caregiving for the Muslim community. Now, first of all, Sheikh Sheikh Allah, Allah, what are the challenges for family caregivers that you hear about uh, at the Islamic Centre of Canada?
3: Well, there are a multitude of, uh, of uh, issues that we deal with. Some of them come uh, too close to home, and things that are repetitive. Uh, you'll hear pretty much the same issues come from different families. Uh, some of the challenges we uh, we deal with, obviously, is a father uh, or a mother, the like parent relationship with the parents, uh, specifically the youth. Uh, they usually complain about we're losing the youth and they're losing identities, their difficulty in peer pressure and so on. Uh, and these are the issues that... Uh, we deal with the day in and day out, uh, and of course uh, we have to be careful not to get too attached. Uh, we have to sort of deal with them as doctors, uh, not involved to involved with the with the patient. Otherwise, you won't be able to uh, to deal with them. Uh, but the number one uh, really on on, the, on the issues is, is the youth and uh, how they're losing their identity and how we can get them back and so on. Uh, the second one is uh, is usually between a husband and, and wife relationship, and uh, most of the time. We find the issues um, that the, the root cause analysis is really uh, their, the, the lack of knowledge of what the authentic teaching of the Quran and Sunnah, meaning the uh, divine scriptures uh, or the teaching of the Prophet, actually tells us to do. And if uh, I usually tell them that if you go back and find out uh, how their, the guidance of Islam to, takes them to the uh, the, the safety uh, stage uh, in this life in the hereafter, they will find the answers within. But of course, give, keep in mind that they're human beings and we all make mistakes and sins. So we try to guide him back to the basics uh, to try to look for a, you know, a solutions and uh, we work at uh, uh, one, one step at a time. Hopefully we can take him back to the, uh, the teaching and finding solutions within.
1: Right. Ahmed, what are the challenges that family caregivers talk to you about when they're talking about medications for their family members?
4: Yeah, it's quite often that family caregivers uh, come to the pharmacy to discuss issues facing them uh, with the medication usage of their family members that they're taking care of. Uh, Usually, compliance to medication is one of the most frequently encountered problems. When a particular medication has an unpleasant side effect, for example, such as nausea or heartburn, dry mouth, or dizziness, the patient to be kind of reluctant to take it. Uh, I always ask the caregiver to remind the patient of the concept of benefit versus risk. The physician usually uh, weighs the pros versus the cons of any particular medication. And even if the medication causes some unpleasant side effects, the beneficial effects make it worth it to tolerate those side effects. Another uh, common challenge is that chronically ill people are often using a large number of medications. If you combine this with the fact that decreased memory and varying degrees of dementia are common problems in the elderly, Uh, The result is different forms of errors, such as forgetting to take a certain pill, taking it at the wrong time or at the wrong quantity. Uh, As pharmacists, we can help with that challenge by uh, suggesting to the caregiver to use a pill organizer. This is something that he buys at the pharmacy and he uses it to put the pills in the corresponding time slots, like morning, uh, lunchtime, uh, supper time, and so on. Uh, if we feel that the caregiver will not be comfortable doing this task, we uh, also offer to dispense the patient's uh, medications in a blister pack format, which is. Uh, basically a pill organizer that we do it ourselves as pharmacists in the pharmacy and so we make this at the pharmacy and that's how we dispense it to uh, the patient or the caregiver one particular challenge is that in case uh, the husband or the wife is the family caregiver and the, per- the other partner is an elderly person so the caregiver is also an elderly person uh, in most of the cases and having his own medical problems
1: right, right um, Shay, and Lara, again, please, you've mentioned challenges for family caregiving, and I'd like you to say more about those, particularly with reference to, to what I'll call the health challenges. Um, in other words, what, what generally are the most difficult challenges for the family caregivers whom you come in touch, touch with relative to health things, and what makes them so challenging?
3: uh... for us we don't really deal with the uh, health issues directly however we do get some of the people who are trying to uh... Uh, either get over a certain uh, obesity level or, uh, you know, uh, looking for a uh, religious, uh, uh, you know, basically uh, escape through either fasting or uh, finding out the uh, the issues. And we find uh, solutions, actually, in Islam, uh, in the prophetic tradition uh, that uh, it says that uh, they, for this human being is uh, to eat a sufficient morsel of food to establish uh, his life. And if it isn't uh, if you cannot actually do that, you, then you can uh, divide uh, your intake of food and water into three thirds. One third of your stomach is food. One third of your stomach is liquid, and one third of your stomach is air. So this is basically the yes. the, the, uh, the the purpose of uh, when it comes to health issues with us. There are certain things that, of course, people uh, have with uh, lack of uh, sleep, either stress or uh, they don't have the spiritual aspect in their heart and uh, certain things like this. And it does mention something in the Quran that uh, there is in it. There is cure and there's tranquility and ease for those who lost in a state of mind and heart and soul. Uh, And and, and we know our limits, obviously. We don't give anything that is advice that uh, we don't know much about. We do refer them to a specialist or a doctor, and we do mention that to them, that I'm not an expert in this field. However, Islam does allow you to seek uh, uh, aid or help or a cure from uh, the specialist in that category.
1: Just a quick comment back to you about that. Um, Family caregiving, and I'm sure you're aware of this, can be very can also be very hard on the health of the family caregivers. So in that sense, uh, what I'm hearing you saying is that supporting them with religious advice or with practical advice is a way of helping them keep their strength up for their responsibilities. Is that right? Have I understood you correctly?
3: That, that is correct. We do try to help them as much as possible, but I have to refer to something that you mentioned earlier. It is difficult for us, and I have to admit, uh, in the beginning, I've been doing counseling for approximately uh, 20 years or so. Uh, in the beginning, I was uh, actually getting involved, personally involved, in the, in the people's uh, issues, and I used to take it uh, to heart, and sometimes it is true. I mean, these are uh, might be some of the secrets we're divulging uh, exclusive on your show. Yeah. Uh, this is. Uh, I actually used to go uh, certain times, and I would. Uh, I would actually cry uh, looking at the certain issues at the, the family members or the community. Yeah. Could that possibly be? How could the human beings don't know the right thing to do or the or the teaching? It does take its toll. It is stressful, and sometimes uh, we seek uh, help ourselves. Uh, so uh, we have to uh, go back and find out that you need to uh, take a break. Uh, uh, you know the the bench theory, where you have to actually uh, get get out of the of the environment that you're in uh, in order for you to help others. You have to help yourself.
1: Yep. Yeah. Very practical stuff. I've met. Uh, what do you see as the most difficult health care challenges for family caregiving in, in the Muslim community, and what makes them, the ones that you see, what makes those challenges so challenging?
4: Yeah, uh, most of the challenges actually uh, are common between uh, the Muslim community and other communities. Uh, however, some specific challenges exist. Uh, facing the Muslim community. Sometimes for older members of the community as you just uh, mentioned earlier, uh, they come to settle in Canada at an older age basically accompanying their sons or their daughters and uh, in most cases uh, there's a language barrier between the patient and the healthcare provider, be it the physician, the pharmacist, the nurse, etc. Also one of the other challenges. It's an Islamic obligation not to consume pork or any pork products. Uh, And as you know some medications come in the form of gelatin capsules and sometimes the manufacturer does not provide the specific information whether the gelatin uh, is from vegetable or animal sources and if it's from animal sources what animals were used to make the gelatin. Members of the Muslim community would be reluctant to take uh, such capsules uh, before they know about the origin of the gelatine used to make them. Uh, sometimes it's hard and time-consuming to retrieve that information by calling the manufacturer and waiting for an answer. Sometimes uh, it takes a lot of time. Uh, uh, it may be worthwhile mentioning that uh, when we speak about the Muslim community, would be probably more accurate to describe it as the Muslim communities, uh, because Islam is a universal religion, and Muslims come from many different cultures and backgrounds. They come from many different places around the world, from many walks of life. They speak so many different languages. Uh, I know that uh, people in the West tend to link uh, the Muslim community to the Arab community, but that's not true. Actually, Arabs represent maybe twenty percent of the Muslims. So Muslims come from different communities. Actually, so this is also actually another challenge.
1: Okay, that's very helpful. To be reminded about um, the um, plurality of the communities. I think many of us forget that and i think that's that's powerful so um it is now time for us to take the break again we're going to be coming back to these challenges and what we do about them so let's take the break now um this is dr gordon adley my guests are sheikh ala and dr ahmed al zoebi you're listening to family caregivers unite on the voice america variety channel please stay tuned we will be back
2: Wellness Network. News, Your voice counts. Call toll free 1 866 472 5787. 1 866 472 5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You know I need
0: someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite.
1: Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite. Our guests are Sheik Alar and Dr. Ahmed El-Zoibi. Our topic is family caregiving in the Muslim communities. Now let's talk about how well the needs of immigrant family caregivers in the Muslim communities are understood and what you see as ways of improving communication. Now first of all, Allah, how well are the family caregivers in these communities understood by what I'm going to call social services? You, you know what I mean by that. <laughs> these are all the things that are provided for the, all of the communities. And if you don't think they, these the understanding is good enough, what would you like to see done to improve communications with the social services? Actually, I've had a
3: couple of meetings with uh, some of the uh, representatives from the community and also that uh, representatives from the government, uh, like uh, NIC, for example, that these are immigrants uh, comers and uh, these are the services that uh, the, the Canadian government uh, pleasantly actually uh, provides. So it's just a matter of uh, us raising awareness to gear people toward the proper channels in order for them to get the uh, um, the services that is available for them uh, from the government of Canada. So we do have, uh, on a weekly basis, at least in our centre, uh, one table, sometimes actually two, two centres come in, one from Mississauga and one from Oakville, to come in and provide them with the tools, what they need to know, and uh, what other services are there available for them for free, uh, you know, possible translation, a possible uh, link, a welcome wagon program. Even education, they will help them to find a job. All these things are tools at their fingertips that can be used, and all we have to do is just to come to the center or call a number, and that's what we try to help them, understanding that they come in from a new uh, country, a new new language, uh, they're not aware of services. uh, So it is provided, hopefully, we can uh, be there for them to take them through the change.
1: Right. So the short answer to to my question then is that you're really doing a a lot to improve these communications already, is that right?
3: As much as possible. We obviously cannot go to knock on people's door but uh, hopefully those who uh, reach out to, to find out and those who help themselves will certainly can help them. Uh, in, in essence, uh, those who come to the center, uh, those who don't speak the language uh, or whatever they, they will find some, at least family members or friends that they speak the language. And uh, the center actually provides uh, different uh, uh, languages in different centers to, uh, to be able to help these newcomers. So we're doing our our, our, uh, our best to help and reach out and basically to uh, to tell the community that the center is there for you and that people come in from the government to represent that, knowing uh, acknowledging the fact that we have uh, a very high turnover and it's centralized at least on Friday sermons. Where they reach uh, from 1,000, 2,000, uh, depending on the time of the year. So they capitalize on the opportunity for the location and they come in and they uh, basically come in to capitalize on the biggest bang for the buck and uh, having all that much traffic to, to be able to relay the message across.
1: Right, Ahmed, let's, it's really the same question, but in relation to the healthcare system. Uh, how, how good do you think, or not so good, are the communications, is the understanding? On the part of the healthcare system, and in any case, what more do you think needs to be done to improve the communications with the healthcare system on the part of Muslim communities and others, maybe as well?
4: Yeah, uh,
1: I can see that
4: with the increase in the number of the Muslim community over the last few decades, uh, members of the healthcare system. Uh, began to become more sensitive to the special needs and concerns of the Muslim community. However, there is still a lot of room for improvement. Uh, For instance, uh, one of the Islamic recommendations is that women should cover their bodies in front of foreign men, uh, except for their faces and hands, which is uh, a matter of... uh, uh, difference among scholars, of course Sheikh might uh, can detail more about that, but uh, the consensus is Muslim women should cover uh, older bodies in front of foreign men except for faces and hands, and some other views say that even the face and the hands should be covered. So anyways, uh, also uh, actually Muslim men shouldn't reveal areas uh, from their lower abdomen to their knees. So. Uh, In case of an emergency, of course, and an extreme necessity, this ruling, like any other ruling in religion, can be overruled. In case of emergency uh, or necessity, uh, something that is forbidden can be uh, done. Uh, But in case of regular and routine health care, Muslim women would definitely want to be examined and treated by female physicians, especially in medical specialties uh, such as gynecology, where the physician has to examine a woman's private parts. Uh, the same thing is true also for Muslim men. Uh, I wish to see uh, members of the healthcare team more sensitive to uh, this issue. Uh, of course, there are also other uh, issues that can uh, be improved. Uh, as Sheikh has uh, said uh, just now, that uh, newcomers of the Muslim community and I believe of all other immigrant communities need more orientation to, uh, to know how to access uh, health care and so on.
1: Right. We're going to come back to that key, key, key point. Um, let's talk about society generally. And, um, Allah, please tell us about the understanding of family caregiving needs, on the needs of the Muslim communities, how well they're understood by society generally. And what I mean is people broadly who aren't very well aware of Muslim communities People, ordinary people who um, aren't well informed. Um, I'm making a judgment there because I come from a society that maybe doesn't understand well enough. I'd like you to be frank with us and say how well do we, those of us in this broader society, understand the needs of family caregivers in the Muslim communities?
3: Well, the, the, the Canadian society is actually doing uh, a lot better than other societies. I travel around the world, and I actually uh, discuss these issues with other imams uh, around the world. Uh, we are doing good, so uh, pat on the back there for uh, Yay Canada. <laughs> and uh, I guess one thing that we're lucky that uh, we, are, we are a mosaic community as opposed to a melting pot, uh, and that's really the identity is there. However, there are some issues. There are, you know, certainly issues that sometimes we take the blame ourselves for not reaching out and uh, raising awareness and educate and and we do certainly appreciate what you're doing right now is trying to actually reach out and build these type of bridges there is misunderstanding and there is a uh you know uh, certain things that we paint everybody with the same brush and there are certain things that uh, we can do uh, we can improve on but that's an ongoing uh, on, ongoing issue for example um, a social aspect and a, a man and a woman shouldn't be you know shaking hands is of those who are let's say it is true as an orthodox uh, orthodox type of a, a way or the uh, more of those who are you know they are conservative uh, point of view so we do get issues, uh, what do I do if I go to a job, for example, in the community, and uh, and the, you know, the the, the manager is, is a female interviewing me, and he reaches their hand. And uh, Islam does look for uh, solutions for these issues, and uh, you know, realistically, and contemporary solutions for uh, how to deal living here in Canada. Uh, also the gender mixing and the travel, staying late at night with the boss and alone loan of their secretary. Uh, all these issues are there, uh, we don't duck, basically, or don't, you know, we don't we deal, we deal with them day in, day out. Uh, for example, you know, the covering the hair, does she have to wear, to, you know, uh, pants, the man has to shave the beard. All these issues are, uh, are sensitive issues, and, you know, especially if, when they pray Jum'ah, which is uh, the Friday congregation, all these issues are there. And obviously, we don't blame anybody for not knowing about it, but if they do know about it, there are certain people that are, are very accommodating, and they go with the, the rules and regulations of this country, with the freedom of religion and freedom of practice, and so on. On. Uh, these are issues we deal with them that hopefully everybody at the time will deal with them, including hospitals. And they come around and they come to us and ask us, so how do we deal with this? Uh, I'm not going to, obviously, this is Dr. Uh, Ahmed, will, uh, his, his domain will talk about it more, but it does come, they come to us and say, what do we do? How to handle this? And so even the police uh, train some of them uh, how to handle certain things, uh, you know, how, what's the, the moral conduct and uh, the ethics and, and that. So we, we certainly have issues, but we're doing really well, according to what I know so far.
1: Thank you. Ahmed, um, family caregivers need understanding by society general. generally. Now, we are a bit short of try- time at this moment, so what's your quick impression, both as a healthcare professional, as you are, and also as somebody who lives in the society? What's your, what's your sense of this?
4: Yeah, uh, the society in general needs to be more aware of the particular needs of different immigrant communities, including, of course, the Muslim community. I just mentioned a few examples, such as poor consumption, uh, women not revealing uh, any parts of their bodies in front of foreign men and vice versa. Uh, All of this can be achieved by education of the people through the media. An excellent example is programs like this one. Uh, As a member of the Muslim community, I hope to see more programs like this show on the radio and on TV
1: right now let's take the break and we'll come back to this kind of question um in in the very in the very last um, segment of the show because it's fundamentally important and i'm just going to come in back to you thank you for your comments which are encouraging but i think the conclusion that and this is really what we're going to be talking about in the in the next segment is that we're doing okay in the sense we've got off to a reasonably good start, but there's more to be done. And I think that's what the next final segment is going to be about, is what more do we need to be thinking about doing? So let's now take the break. This is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and my guests are Sheikh Allah and Dr. Ahmed el You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay tuned
2: Annie Armand live
0: if teens you have got to tune into this show and listen to your fellow teens if you're out there confused because somebody is trying to put doubts in you making you think that you can't do what you want to do get it straight you can you will and you will get it done no matter what and don't ever give up because you're not alone
2: Don't miss Annie Armand live on Voice America Wednesdays from 4 to 5 pm. Pacific Standard Time.
0: You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite.
1: Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our guests. Sheikh Allah and Dr. Ahmed El-Zoibi. Our topic is family caregiving in the Muslim communities. Let's now talk about government services for family caregivers and their family members in the communities or groups of patients and family caregivers. In other words, it's that sort of context of family caregiving in the community. The community is a community and the families is families. Now, I want to hear from you both. What more help would you like to see given, provided to family caregivers? And I'm going to ask Ahmed, first of all. Um, you, You mentioned earlier that caring for sick parents, and especially for the mother, is an important Islamic value. Please tell us more about that.
4: Yeah, I'd like to answer this question by telling you a short story from the time of the Prophet Muhammad. Peace and blessings be upon him and upon all the prophets of God. Uh, There was this companion of Prophet Muhammad uh, whose very old mother was totally paralyzed. Uh, So he used to take care of all her needs to feed her, used to change her clothes, and even used to carry her on his back uh, to take her to the place where she would relieve herself. Uh, then he would clean her up afterwards and so on. Uh, so in our today terminology, he was the caregiver for his mother. Uh, taking care of his mother to that extent was part of the Islamic values taught by the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him. So. Uh, One day uh, the companion asked the Prophet Muhammad, Do you think that by caring for my mother in this way, uh, I paid her back for her care for me while I was a baby? So the Prophet answered him, No, not even by one single contraction that she had during your delivery. You are doing all this for her while you have in the back of your mind that she will die one day or another sooner or later. However, when she did this for you when you were a baby, she was hoping for you to grow up and to live. Uh, So this story tells us that uh, the favors that our parents, and especially the mother, have on us are immense and uh, it's so hard to pay them back, Uh, of course we have to do our best. In different verses of the Quran, God orders the believers to worship him alone with no association and to be kind to the parents. even prohibited to say to them even a single word expressing impatience or anger. Those two divine orders, which are to worship God alone and to be kind to the parents and to care for them, are often linked to each other in several verses uh, of the Quran. Uh, So knowing that worshiping God uh, alone with no partner is the cornerstone of Islam, then linking this order to this second order of being kind to the parents uh, tells us about the importance of uh, caring for parents and especially for the mother uh, in Islam. Uh, This is even more emphasized uh, when uh, one's parent becomes old, uh, which is, again, the same concept of family uh, caregiving.
1: That really is a principle that stood the test of time, hasn't it? Exactly. Yes. (laughs) I, I, I would like to talk to you much more about that because I think that lesson... You, you've just shared with us, I think goes to many, many things in, in the caregiving society. But this, is, this episode isn't for me to lecture you, it's for me to ask you questions of that kind. Now, Allah, please, um, how effectively do you think uh, governments are helping family caregiving in the immigrant communities generally? In other words, not just the, the, um, the Muslim communities, but all the people who come to Canada, um, how well are governments doing in helping them with their family caregiving?
3: Well, I'm not an an expert, uh, and I don't speak with any authority on how the government is doing. However, I I do believe that uh, the government is doing uh, enough uh, to help, and uh, as far as I know, that they provide uh, with uh, some uh, benefits uh, that I'm aware of, Toward the senior citizen or the newcomers uh, and so on that I have dealt with. Uh, however, the, the, uh, the, for us to actually look into this uh, uh, deeply, uh, looking into the senior citizens, uh, what the reflection of an Islam, where well, I'm going to probably pick up where Doctor Ahmed left, the 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 responsibility falls on the son. Uh, believe it or not, the scholars say not the daughter, for the specific fact that that the the verse was quoted. With meaning he's talking about the masculine tense talking to the son as he is a breadwinner and so on and the daughter will be looking after a family of her own so uh, we don't depend on the government of Canada to look after our parents uh, and especially immigrants and especially uh, even Muslims or non-Muslims and uh, still having uh, what we call back home is a heritage and uh, some of the deep rooted values and traditions uh, that are known to be looking after the parents as opposed to uh, some other societies that they say that they're, you know, we do what we have, to, we do what we can and send them into a senior citizen home and so on. That is looked down upon in the Muslim community specifically. and We don't do such act unless it's absolutely necessary and it's uh, the, the lesser of both evils or good or, or better for the parents. However, it, could the government do something better? I will have to look into that. I can't really speak on something that I'm not an expert on. However, uh, if it's possible that they can look into uh, helping or aiding uh, with a uh, uh, percentage of the financial burden as the senior citizen grows with uh, the, 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 the senior homes or the burial aspects and all these things that would be able to help the immigrants at large, not just the Muslims specifically. However, uh, again, I emphasize that the, the Canadian government is uh, is doing well, and hopefully we can also uh, have room for improvement.
1: Ahmed, same question for you. Immigrant communities, as you're aware of them, what more would you like to see done
4: yeah, actually, yeah, I agree with the Sheikh Allah that uh, uh, creating government funds to help family caregivers in immigrant communities is uh, uh, something we 'd like to see after all, uh, we have to remember that family caregivers significantly reduce the burden on the Canadian health care system uh, you know if there is no uh, son or daughter or niece or nephew taking care of an elderly person. This elderly person will end up being a, a burden, a financial burden on uh, the healthcare system. So, by creating such funds, such government funds to help family caregivers, uh, actually, I think this is uh, money that is very well spent.
1: Right. I'm going to um, Allah, I'm going to put to you. A sort of financial proposition in this way, that it's a lot less expensive for government everywhere in Canada, but everywhere, um, to support families looking after their elderly relatives, or for that matter, their children, you know, with incurable illnesses and this kind of thing, in their own home, than it is to have them in facilities of various kinds. And so, The point you made, which is that there's a culture among immigrant communities of, can I call it the culture of responsibilities? You both set this out very well. I'm going to ask you this question. Um, I heard the other day that so far in Canada, the amount of money made available to family caregivers for caring for people at home amounts to one percent of the expenditure on healthcare generally in our very expensive healthcare system. And the person I was talking to, a physician, said just doubling it to two percent would make an enormous difference. Now I'm not asking you to comment specifically about the ones at two percent, but what I am asking you is this. Do you feel that more financial support, more recognition of what family caregivers are doing in your community uh, will actually benefit the health care system in the way that I'm describing? Would you agree with that?
4: Of and course. It,
1: yes. Now, what would you say to government? What's going to be your argument to government that says, Take notice of this and do something about it.
3: Of course, uh, I mean, uh, in sales, they will tell you that futures attract. Uh, I mean, benefits sell. Uh, so, in order for them to speak on the financial aspect, we have to speak their language. So, we're looking at the proactive approach. If you look uh, closely, and the, the people who actually will care for them, if they are a family member, uh, those who will have the the, uh, the beautiful touch, the care, those for those, it's not a job for them. It's more a, uh, a religious obligation, and so on. If you look after them financially, and the burden will be. Alleviated, uh, in uh, obviously uh, will will ease the the burden on the on the uh, uh, the health system where they will actually end up in uh, in hospitals with either psychiatric psychiatric care or any other illness that will uh, resolve from lack of uh, care from the actual family member or those who are caregivers. They understand them. They understand the language. They understand the environment. They understand the culture. They understand religion. So they will feel more comfortable. In that essence, we would alleviate any hardship later that would be carried on in the burden. And we know the iceberg theory. So if you look at it from the address the issue at the root cause, you don't have to worry about the rest of it. So a highly recommended order for us to look at that with a proactive approach.
1: So what I see, and I'm saying this back to both of you, there's some strong common ground here. It really doesn't matter which community we're speaking or communities we're speaking about, uh, there's that broad sense that the elderly people, for the most part, want to stay at home for as long as they possibly can until it becomes impossible, impossible because of the nature of the illness or impossible because of the burden on the family or something like that. But until that point, what the government of Ontario calls aging at home seems to be the best bet. And so in that way, if all the communities, and I do mean all of the communities, can, as it were, work together to unite to press government on the importance of properly supporting family caregiving and family caregiving at home uh, for people who are nearing the end of life or for whom my own profession, and for that matter, Dr. Ahmed's profession can't do very much for, uh, then I think we have a, an important movement that is going to help not only the families and the individuals, not only the communities, but the, actually the health care system itself, because exactly. we, we all know that it's running out of money, or at least if it's not running out of money, it's going to, <laughs> we're all going to run out of money. So I guess I could recruit, I'm being a little bit light-hearted here, but I could recruit you both, could I, to another um, episode talking about how we get these initiatives going on. Um, can I, on air, can I ask you if you would be interested in participating in that? Definitely, gladly. Great, because I do think that's the way in which a society like Canada's has some flexibility. I think we can all talk to each other. We, we may be coming from some, somewhat different perspectives, but I think in the end, disease respects no ethnic background, no cultural background, no religious background. It hits where it hits, and the implications are the same regardless of where you're from The only difference is how we as the communities respond. And if we can combine all our methods of responding, we're going to do, I think, a better job for everybody and everything. Now, having delivered that speech, I'm sorry to say it is time that I have to uh, um, say thank you to our listeners because time has run out on us. But I would invite you to email us with your comments and questions. I want to say a particular thank you to Sheikh Allah and Dr. Ahmed al zoibi for sharing with us your experience, your insight, and your advice, and your understanding in the way that you've conveyed it to us about your community. So I'm saying again, I hope we'll get a chance to talk again on Family Caregivers Unite. And I just say to our listeners, in our next episode, we're going to be talking more about helping family caregivers in providing support.